You shall supply every one of my needs according to your riches and glory. Come on, I just want you to say that tonight. God, you shall supply every one of my needs according to your riches and glory. Now what I want you to do is categorically, I want you to hear me. You don't get what you want. You get what you need. So you got to move your wants into the need category if you want God to supply them. So you got to stop wanting things. You got to start needing things, right? Because he's the supplier of needs, not of wants. So tonight, right now with me, just raise your hand all over, the, all over this building. All, if you're watching online, raise your hands tonight. And just move your wants into the need category. It's, I can't live without this, God. I need you to move in this area. I need you to move in my marriage. I need you to move. I need you, God. I need you here. I don't want this. I need this. You are a supplier of all of my needs according to your riches and glory. This, you react according to what you have to my need, not what I want, God. So tonight, I need you to move for my wife who is sick. I need you to move for my children who is away from you, God. I need you to move on the heart of a generation. I need it tonight, God. I can't live without it. I won't let go until you bless me tonight. I need it. I no longer want stuff. I'm only a need. I have needs tonight that only the, the Spirit can supply. So God, you meet every need in this room right now. As we come to you, you are need meeting God. There's not a need that you won't meet tonight. Father, thank you for meeting needs of, of, of strength and meeting needs of courage tonight and, and health and wellness and peace, God, and victory. Thank you, God, that you're a need meeting God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, I just celebrate them like you believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. Amen. Take some time tonight. Welcome somebody to tonight's service. Say Happy New Year, but hope you get what you need tonight. Hope you get what you need tonight. Good to have everybody here with you tonight. Everybody here tonight, good to have you. Hey, if you'll do me a favor, uh, if you're a first-time guest with us tonight, raise your hand all over the room. If you're, if you're brand new with us this evening, I realize it's a Wednesday night, but sometimes, uh, you know, new people sneak in on Wednesday. If, you're, if you brought somebody with us new, raise the hand. Here's what I'm going to tell you to do if you want to keep in touch with what's going on around here. Uh, I want you to scan the back of this seat, or right now you can just scan that that image up there, and it'll, it'll take you to our website, and our website will take you to our app, and on our app, you can keep up to date with everything that's happening at Church on the North Coast. Thank you, sir. That's, that's a heavy piece of equipment there. So, so thank you for uh, uh, staying uh, plugged in and, and connected with us tonight. Tonight, how many are familiar with the Matthew Principle? How many are familiar with the Matthew Principle? Nobody here from the Matthew Principle. It's a business. Well, it's a business term that they stole from the Bible. It's a business. It's a business term. It's the Matthew Principle, and basically, you've heard it like this: the rich get richer. That's the Matthew Principle. That's the Matthew Principle. But it's taken. It's taken from Matthew 25. 
It's taken from the talents, the principle, the business world took this, they, they, the business world recognized, you ask any business person who makes a lot of money, and you ask him, hey, what's the Matthew principle? And they'll tell you, rich folk get rich while poor people get poor. And it's from the principle found in Matthew. I'm, I want to show it to you real fast. We'll read it, okay? It's found in Matthew, it's in the, it's in the second part of, uh, of Matthew 25, but it's right around verse 29. Verse 29 says, now, if you have that, put it on the, on the screens for me. Matthew 25, 29. It says, for to everyone who, who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. You know the principle, right? You know the story? All you Bible, you, you, you're Wednesday night crowd, so you know your Bible. He said he came and he gave some talents. He gave one and gave one and the other two and the other five. And the one who had one went and buried it. The, the two went and made another two. And the five went and made another five. And at the end he comes back and he says, what'd you do with it? And, and the, the smart guy invested it. He took a risk. He invested it. And he, he trusted. He just trusted God. But he, he, you know, he, just, he said, God, this is yours. I'm going to increase it. I'm going to do the best I can with it. And I, but I'm going to increase it. And... Uh, and so he said, well done. So he gave him, he gave him five more. Uh, the same with the two. But then when the one came, you know, and what did he say? What did he say? He, he went and buried it. And then what did God say to him? You wicked and lazy and idle servant. You knew I was shrewd. You should have at least taken it and gotten me one in return. Right? And so the, the, the principle found in Matthew is if you're faithful with what God gives you, he'll, he'll increase it. And not only will he increase it, but he'll take away from those who are unfaithful with what God has and give it to you. This is found in the story of, of the woman who was praying for her daughter and said, heal my daughter. And, then, and, and he said, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. And uh, he said, get away, you're a dog. Call her a dog. Get away from me. And, and, and she said... Well, even the dogs eat from the master's table. So, so, so then when Jesus heard that, he said, man, that's the Matthew principle. He said, I have to take away from those that despise it, and I have to give it to those that, to those that value it. And so, like, my question to you tonight is, do, do you want more? Do you want more? Do you want more? For your children, do you want more for your marriage? Do you want more from your finances? If you want more, then God says, recognize me. Recognize me in, in, in your dealing with whatever it is you have. So whatever you have, do you recognize God in it? Do you give God credit for it? Like, no, no, God, this is from you. I recognize you in it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this now, and I'm going to be faithful with it. Now, let me ask you this. Are you faithful with what God gave you? If you want more, here's how you operate in the Matthew principle. If you want more, listen, I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you want more? Yeah. Oh, man, you got to want more. If you don't want more, like just Jesus take them. You know what I mean? But if you want more, then you have to be faithful with what God gave you now. And if you're faithful with what God is giving you now, he says he'll give you then what the other person is not faithful with. So the next time you see somebody being unfaithful, and this is where I try to teach people, like, if God has given you a ministry, if God's given you 
uh, an anointing, if God's given you money, if God's given you a business, you better be faithful with it because he'll give it to me because I'll take it. I'll take it because the anointed get more anointed and the unanointed get less anointed. You see what I'm saying? So if you don't want it, I'll take it. You keep, you keep neglecting it. So the principle here is if you'll be faithful with what he gave you, he'll give you more. But not only more, he'll give you what others are unfaithful in. So my question is remain faithful in what God has given you. If God's given you a businessman, remain faithful with it. Recognize God with it. How do we recognize God with our money? We tithe. We tithe. Are you a tither? If you're a tither, then you can. This is how I know. Like I'll, I just know that I know that I'm, I'm going to continue to increase. Why? Because I'm faithful with what God gave me. You can confidently walk it. Your business will, every other business will fall apart, but yours will thrive in the middle of a depression if you're faithful with what God gave you. And that's the Matthew principle. So as we give tonight, I just want to continue to encourage you to be faithful to what God has entrusted to you. It's powerful. And not only will God bless you with what you're faithful with, but God will, God will give you what others are unfaithful in. So, Father, tonight, uh, these are the ways to get so, but let's pray for it tonight. As you hold it up before the Lord, let's bless it. Father, thank you for every gift, every giver in this house, as they are faithful in what you have entrusted to them. God, we pray that as we sow it tonight, it goes into the ground one way, but it comes out looking like heaven. Thank you for heaven in our homes, heaven in our relationships, heaven in our city. We thank you for heaven tonight uh, that manifests in the seed we sow in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Matthew 25, I'm going to stay there. And this, this message tonight is going to be part two, almost like part two of Sunday. But I, you know, when I left off of the, the ten virgins, I was like, man, there's so much there. There's so much more meat on the bone that I'm like, i got to go back and talk a little bit more about Matthew 25. Uh, Matthew 25, uh, verse 3 to 4 says, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no, what didn't they take? They didn't have any oil. Now, what I want you to recognize tonight is it doesn't say they didn't have some. It says they didn't, they didn't fill their lamps. They weren't full. They did, it wasn't that they didn't have access to oil. Hear me. It, 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 the Bible doesn't say they didn't have a means. They, they didn't have any in their home. What the Bible says is they didn't fill their vessel with that oil. And so there were five of them that were foolish who didn't fill their vessels to overflowing with oil. But the, there were five wise virgins who lived full, ready. Their lamps were full all the time, especially at night. Especially Darker the night, more full the vessel. The virgins in the story is a reference to the bride, right? It's a pure bride who is excited about the arrival of her bridegroom, lived in expectation. She was a virgin. She was, she was pure, undefiled, 
holy, set apart, not, not run through, not out kicking it, right? She was a virgin. What's scary in this text is there were 10 of them. And it didn't say that the 10 who had no oil weren't saved. So you can be saved and not ready. I, I want you to hear me. You can have access to oil, but just because you have access to the oil doesn't mean you're ready when the bridegroom comes. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you're full. So you should write down tonight, ready means full. If you're going to be ready, to be ready means to live full, period. <laughs> so we know, it's gonna, we know he's coming at night. So the darker the night, the more prepared and ready we must live. This, we don't know the day or the hour because only the Father knows that. You know, I talked about that on Sunday. Only the Father knew. And at, a, at an appointed time, at the fullness of time, what's scary is that the Bible talks about a great falling away. Uh, meaning... Be, like, it's scary, because there were five who didn't make it. Now, when I say they didn't make it, listen to me. Theologically, I want you to understand, at the, at the supper of the Lamb, Jesus is going to bring his bride in who was ready. She'll get in. But it says that he shuts the door to those who weren't ready. He brings his bride in, and when he brings his bride, when he catches his bride away, then now the, the, the tabernacle, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, is vacuumed off of the earth because he's going to rescue his bride from the wrath that is to come. I shared this on Sunday, but I'll, I'll re-communicate it again today. You need to understand that there is no honorable husband who would allow his wife to experience wrath willingly. No honorable husband. Therefore, you cannot say that Jesus would let his bride, the one he rescued from the wrath of God. Now, either Jesus rescued us from all of the wrath or none of it. You can't have it both ways. Either on that day on the cross, Jesus died for all of the sin of humanity, yesterday, today, and forever, therefore satisfying the wrath of the Father, or he died for none of it, and we're all in big trouble. But it says he catches them away, and when he catches them away, there's a, in that last day, he said that the Bible talks about a great falling away, that they would, that they would hear the truth, but not be full of it. They would hear it, but they wouldn't, 
They wouldn't repent to it. They, they would say, I'm sorry. They would ask forgiveness, but their forgiveness, their life wouldn't. Repentance is when your forgiveness matches your, you turn and you go towards the will of the Father. That's repentance. And it says in the last day, there's going to be a bride. Now, this ain't the world. He's talking about the world. He's talking about his bride. And then the bride, there's going to be great falling away. Half, and in this story, half the bride didn't make it. So that half the bride said, now, if you, like, like, if you subscribe to that theology, cool. But just know the wrath that's about to come is not to be compared with what you're calling wrath right now. I mean, you better thank God for a praying church that's full of the Holy Ghost right now that pushes back the gates of hell that shall not prevail. That's what the Bible says. It said if it wasn't for the church pushing back the gates of hell, the gates of hell would prevail, but they can't prevail because there's a church in the earth who's pushing back the gates of hell. Now, when that church is raptured and she, she gone, when she's gone, all of that wrath now is coming for you. That means, so there's five, there's five, five virgins getting ready to go through it. And that wrath is exponentially, I mean, what you're about to endure is found in the book of Revelation when the seals are broken and the wrath of God is released into the earth. So, man, you don't want to be here. You, you want to, you know what I mean? Be ready. How you be ready? Full. Stay full. Got to be full. So, to be ready is to be full. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Ephesians 5.18, here's what Paul tells us. Don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be what? Because drunken, to be drunk with wine is to be intoxicated with and to be filled with a false security in the world. There's so much of it now. There's so much philosophy and ideology and false theology now. It's, it's, it's insane. It's crazy. Because we're drunk with the wine of this world and we're self-deceived. But Paul says you can't, you can't allow yourself to be full of the world. Because the world, the wine of the world will confuse you and disorient you and convince you that you're okay. It'll convince you that, no, you're cool. You, you, it'll convince you to rationalize the gospel, to make a gospel that looks more like you. If you're ever tempted to make Jesus look like you, stop. That's dangerous, man. No, I don't want Jesus to look nothing like me. I don't want him to act like me. I don't want to conform him to my circumstances. You know, when I'm sick, I want to know he's a healer. When I'm not right, I want to know he is right. Right? When my marriage is broke, I need to know he is the bridegroom who is faithful to his bride, and he calls me to die for mine. 
I need him to tell me that. And I need to be able to look at him and know, like, and, and know that I know, like, you, you, you did it. You fulfilled it. You went to the cross and died for it. You meant every word of it. Not only did you mean it, you went into the grave and you died. And, and the Father yanked you out of the grave to prove that everything you said you, you were, you are exactly who you said you were. I need him to be there. So I can't be drunk with the world's way. I can't be full of the world's way. I have to be full, Paul says, be full. You see the comparison. Don't be full here. Be full of the Spirit. Paul said, I pray all the time in the Spirit. I pray without ceasing in the Spirit. Why? Because I need to be full of the Spirit. I gotta be full. And I'm gonna throw this scripture in there just for good measure. It's 1 Corinthians 2.12. And it says, we received not the spirit of the, we, don't, we, don't, we didn't receive that spirit. When you got born again, you didn't receive the spirit of the world. You received the spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us. Like if, see, now if you're full of the world, no. He said, you got to be, you, you're, not, you're, not full of, you're not full of the world. You're full of the Spirit who is from God. So if you're full all the way to the brim, then you can expect from that fullness all the things that he's freely given to you. But now, if, if like the world, you say, I'm, uh, I'm not good saved yet, so I'm about, I'm about that much full of the Holy Spirit. And then the rest, the rest is the world. This is what God has for you, and this is what the world has for you. So God says, if you want what I have for you, I, first of all, he's a jealous God. So like he he just not he's not sharing the vessel. You know what I mean? So like so just know like if, if he he just like he just he just not giving territory to, to Satan. So what he's gonna he's gonna create this disturbance in the vessel. You're not gonna be able to sleep, you're not gonna be able to find peace, it's gonna be muddy, it's gonna be it's just gonna be a mess in your life. But the moment you surrender fully to the filling up of the Holy Spirit, like the moment you get rid of all of the world, you say, God, search me and know me, cleanse me, let there be no wicked way in me. As soon as you surrender, it's not that you can ever achieve it. You'll never achieve it. You know, there's always going to be something in you that needs to be taken out of you. But as soon as you surrender to it, God says, now I can give you all that I have for you. 
Now I can, I can give you, there are things that I have that you need that can only come through fully surrendering, being full of the Spirit. So being full of the Spirit is to be ready. I, uh, I one time went through Death Valley. Anybody went through Death Valley? You went through Death Valley? Okay, now, now if you get ready to go through Death Valley, you know what they tell you? There's signs on the side of the road. And the signs on the side of the road say, you better get some gas. And, and, and most, most of those, when you get there, they'll say, if you have a container, you should fill that up too. Because if something goes wrong, you might need some more. And they'll say, hey, you, you need some water in case you break down. Before you get ready to go through the valley of death, you got to make sure you're full. Because if you try to go through the valley of the shadow of death half full, if you just fill yourself up with this much Holy Spirit, then what's going to happen is you're you're not going to have enough light for your night. He said the wise ones took enough oil to last them through the night. And you're getting ready to go through some stuff, so you need enough oil. You need enough of the Holy Spirit. you got to be full to get you through the darkness you're getting ready to go through. So you got to carry enough light to get you through your night. You can't afford to live half full. If you're half full, you're going to wake up at midnight, and it's going to be dark. And you're going to wonder, what happened to the light? And we live our lives like this a lot. We get complacent. We get comfortable with God. We start treating him casual. We start treating our Bible kind of like, yeah, I'll read it tomorrow. We stop. We, we ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. I, today, today, this happened to me. I was getting ready to return something, and, uh, and they, they needed this number, this RMA number. I don't know what that is, but I had to have it. So I called customer service, and they gave me the number, and I wrote it down on this envelope. And I looked back at the package in the back seat, and I thought to myself, look, I thought to myself, I thought, I thought to myself, I didn't think to myself, Holy Spirit was telling me, write that number on that box. I said to myself, I should write that number on that box. I'm looking at the box, but ignoring the voice of the Holy Spirit telling me, you should write that number on that box right now. Don't write the number on the piece of paper in front of you. Take the time to get out of your truck, go to the back seat, and write that number on that box. I ignored the Holy Spirit. Didn't discern it. Didn't discern it was the Holy Spirit at that moment. Just thought, oh, nah, I don't need to do that. I disregarded the voice. I went to the, to the well, first I went to FedEx. It wasn't FedEx. I had to go to UPS. Then they treated me like a dog, so I had to go to a different UPS. The whole thing. Uh, that's for another sermon. So then, I think it's going to be on unforgiveness. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, so. So I get there, and, and I get done, and I thought, man, I did it. 
I did it. You know, it's always miserable, you know, when you have to do things like that. And I get, I get on the phone with my wife, also known as the Holy Spirit, and I said, she, she's my, God's so good to me, he gives me two, the real Holy Spirit, and then my wife, who is like the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? And so I called her, I said, I did it. I did, you know, I, you know, I, I pushed through, I got them both returned, you know, I, I, I did it, you know, I felt accomplished. And she said, I kid you not, the voice of the Holy Spirit, she said, did you write the number on the box? I said, no. Was I supposed to write the number on the box? See, you didn't read the instructions? I said, no. No, I think it'll be all right, though. She said, yeah, it'll probably be all right. But, you, you know, the instructions said to write the number on the box. You know the Holy Spirit's that good? The Holy Spirit's so good to you that he'll, he'll tell you the answer even when you don't pay attention. Even when you do wrong, even when you don't follow the instructions, he's like, hey, man, write the number on the box. You didn't read the instructions I gave you, but if you just write the number on the box, hey, dude, write the number on the box. I looked at the box and everything. Had the, I literally had the marker in my hand, looked at the box, took the time, looked at the box, and said, no, nah, I'm just going to write right here. I don't know why I shared that story with you, but listen. <laughs> Let me come back over here. Maybe I'll figure it out. Because <laughs> when you live full, you're in touch with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship, watch this, fellowship is found. Fellowship creates fullness. It just, it creates fullness. So when, when Jesus makes a reference to the to the virgins and the oil, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, you can't live without the Holy Spirit. You won't make it unless you have the oil of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You have to be full. Because, because the Holy Spirit's the only one that can tell you right on the box, dummy. You know, when life is falling apart, the Holy Spirit will come to you and he'll say, stop doing that. Stop treating like that. The Holy Spirit will bring conviction. He'll bring conviction and like, no, don't, don't go that way. You got to be full. You don't, you know, you, you're not going to make it through this thing if you're not full. Fellowship. So how, how do you create fullness? Fellowship. How, how many know that the third person of the Godhead is ignored most of the time? It's just like it, it, the third person, the Holy Spirit is ignored so much. If I was the Holy Spirit, I'd have an attitude. Like, man, you never want my, you never want me to say nothing until you get to church and you start shadabasatodeboshian. You know, I see you up here start stammering in tongue. That's when you want me to like suddenly come into the atmosphere and you like start speaking. But I'm, I'm, but the Holy Spirit is creates fullness through fellowship. It's, it's, and it's unbroken. This is why Paul said, I pray in the Spirit all the time. Why? Because I need the fullness of the Spirit in my life so I can make it through my life if I create, and here's, here's what you know, distance, so then if, the Holy, if fellowship creates fullness, then distance creates darkness. Right? 
I trust me, if 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 fellowship, if if I can create, if I can get close to you, then suddenly that fellowship is is going to create fullness between the two of us. But 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 let distance. But 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 don't call somebody for a while. Stop talking to, to, to people. And all of a sudden, distance creates darkness, creates suspicion, creates insecurity, and now all of a sudden, darkness has crept in, and you don't have, now there's this, like, oh my goodness, you, you don't feel safe. Because fellowship creates fullness. You can, you can, it just applies for everything. If, if you stay away from people long enough, the enemy will use that distance to create darkness. If, you, if in your marriage, if you separate and you, you don't communicate and there's no fellowship with one another, this is why the Bible tells us don't avoid the fellowship of the brethren. Because, if you, because this fellowship creates fullness in the spirit. But th- if you take too many Sundays and Wednesdays off, if you create suddenly now Distance creates darkness. It creates paranoia, suspicion. You become angry. You become bitter. You become offended more easily because distance creates darkness. So you got to be full of the Spirit. You got to have more light than you do night. That's a principle. You have to live full because darkness is coming. But here's the thing. If you live full, it's a guarantee you'll make it through your darkness. It's guaranteed. If you live full of the Spirit, it's a guarantee. You, 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 God is more than enough. Greater is he that is in you than he that is coming against you, than the thing you're getting ready to go through. Like, if you live full, there ain't no darkness that can defeat you. There is no valley of distress, no valley of darkness, no valley of death that can overcome you. If you live full, you got to have a full tank of gas to make it through that. you got to live full. That tank got to be on F. You know how many times I drove on E in my life? I used to test the boundary of God's grace all the time. I said, let's see. Let's see how much faith I got this morning. I ain't filled up in three days. I think I can make it to the church. I got around the corner one time. Becca, come get me. Bring, bring some gas. I ran out of gas. I thought about it the other night. You remember when it was like 3,500 below zero? Good Lord, I've never felt it be that cold. Or maybe I'm just old now. I've never felt that kind of cold. In my life, I've never felt it. I thought I was going to go for a two-mile walk the other night when it was like that. I said, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to go, I'm going to go be cold, and I'm going to burn more calories. Because Lou said, Troy, if you run in the cold, you burn more calories. I'm going to, I'm going to get this fat off of me tonight. <laughs> it's a thousand below zero tonight. I'm going to go. I thought about the. I got about a mile. I, it was a two-mile thing around my, uh, my block. I got one mile in and said, I have made a grave mistake. I have, I have air. Jesus, help me. I started wondering, I th- who can I call? I'm going to call the Whiskeys. Todd, I was getting ready to call you, man. Come get me. I'm right behind y'all. I was literally getting ready to cut through somebody's backyard. I was like, man, if I could just cut through there, I could see my house. <laughs> but you, 
you know, you got to have enough to make it through. You have to stay full. So how do you know when you're low? How do you know when your tank is low? Right? There's some indicators, right? You know when you, you, here, I'm going to give you some indicators. Test your fruits. Test your fruits. Like there's a, there's a little bit before this in Galatians. It's really harsh, and I don't want to bum you out tonight, but it's really mean. I mean, it's like Paul went in deep on that stuff. Like, like if you read what I'm about to re- read, but before that, it's intense, Jack. And, and you could go read it on your own and just pray. You know what I mean? Pray before you read that. But listen, Galatians 5, to 23 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is? It's love. How do, now, there are blinking lights on the dashboard of your spirit that lets you know when your fellowship with the Holy Spirit is, is on E. The first one is you ain't got no more love for nobody. Everybody gets on your nerves, right? People bother you. You know what I mean? Like, man, it'd be cool if it weren't for all these people that bother me. Everybody bothers you. You ever get in one of those where everybody bothers you? Somebody breathing or eating or smacking their food across the way? Does it? Man, if you don't stop chewing on that food like that, I'm going to shove this fork in your neck. Like, stop, stop doing that. Everything bothers you, right? You got, your, your dashboard is blinking. You got engine lights on. You're in trouble. Your love, the fruit of love is low, man. You, you're in trouble. What, what is God telling you? What's the Holy Spirit telling you? you? There's distance and there's darkness now. You are entering into a dark realm. You are low on the Spirit because the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love, but you ever get real full of the Holy Spirit? People could just cuss you out and just be mean to you, and you smile back and say, "Good Jesus loves you." you know, or you think, you know, what I mean? but you're just you're just full. When you nobody who gets out of church, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know, but you know, you get out of the presence of God, and you don't feel mean. You don't feel like hating nobody. So, so the first indication is you're low on love. If you feel low on love, if people start bothering you and you can't love people. You're blinking. You, 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 need to get, you need to get another drink of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it says uh, joy. Joy is another fruit of the Spirit that will let you know if you're in trouble now. Now, if you have no joy. Now, now I meet a lot of Christians that are sad and, and mad. They don't make, I'm confused when I meet sad and mad Christians. I'm like, you know joy is the focus of the Christian as suffering is peripheral. And I think, you know, that's something that... I say all the time, but, you know, you got to keep joy central. You, you know, for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. Joy was in front of Jesus, not suffering. Suffering was over here. It was, it was not to be compared to the joy that was set before him. So, so if you are sad and mad all the time, you got blinking lights. At peace, if you have no peace, if you're constantly worried or anxious and you can't get settled, that's a good indication that you're running low in the spirit. You, you're getting low in your spirit. So if you have no peace. But peace, you know peace is, he, Jesus is the king of peace. He's the king of peace. If he's the king of peace, the Holy Spirit then is like, he's the one that says, hey, I'll, I'm, I'm now here to give you some of Jesus in your moment of, of unsettledness, in your in moment of worry. 
here's some peace. So if you don't have any peace, long-suffering, if, <laughs> if you don't have any long-suffering, if you... Very short suffering, I guess. If you, if you, like, I can, but I could take this much more of you. You know what I mean? Like that's it. If you look at your husband and be like, "You got this much," you know what I mean? If you, if, if you can't stand to look at him, you need some more Holy Spirit. Uh, kindness, you know. If you just unkind, smile. You like that's. A, it's in the Holy Spirit. Smile. <laughs> if you just smile a little more, you become a little more kind. Josie was talking about you when you was gone. Yeah. She said, you got that much more to go and it's over, man. <laughs> goodness. If you, if you don't have no goodness, if you, all you have, you know goodness. You, you just, if you're bad... And not good. That's the, you know, the opposite of good is bad. If, if all you got is badness, you know, you ever wake up just mad, like, I'm all out of goodness today. Don't try me. You know what I mean? You know, Megan, if you, I'm all out of goodness today. Don't try me, Mondo. You know, so goodness is an indication. Faithfulness. I mean, I'm getting in your business now. You know, faithfulness. If you're unfaithful, you're low on the spirit. You need more you need to be filled with the Spirit. If so unfaithfulness is a good indication. Uh, the Spirit people need to hear me when I say this. If you're unfaithful, you need to understand. You need to be filled to overflowing. You need, you need some more oil. You need, you need the this, this Spirit of the Lord to fill you. Gentleness. You ever get rough? You ever just treat this one? This, this is probably me. I get just headlines and bottom lines. I don't need to hear the excuses. Just tell me what the business is. I don't want, I don't want no fluff. Becca will tell me a story. It'll take 15 minutes. 15 minutes just to set the story up, man. I'm like, man, could you just get to the point already? It's like, I, it's, there's, I have to tell you the beginning. I'll tell you the beginning, and I get rough. I'm like, just stop. I don't need to hear that. She's like, you're just being very rude right now. She's the Holy Spirit, I told you. She's the Holy Spirit. She's like, you need to be more gentle. I'm like, I don't want to be gentle right now. Just give me the story. <laughs> Did you see that? That's a special. Okay. Um, and then self-control. If you're, if you're out of control a lot emotionally, this is something that the church needs to pay attention to because you've got to be in control of our emotions. And if, you're, if you have no self-control of your emotions, meaning like you don't, this is great test of self-awareness like emotional aptitude is to say fruit of the spirit Jesus will help you be more controlled in your emotions so uh, so there you go so now you, you know you can kind of that's how you know if you're running a little low in the spirit real fast how the spirit of God fills the Holy Spirit fills through fellowship and this is what his fellowship looks like um, he's an advocate He's an advocate. Jesus is your advocate there. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' advocate here to tell you your rights in the spirit realm. He's the advocate. And that's found in John 14, 26. It says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, and there's so, many, there's so much does this mean, the, the paraclete, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and he'll bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. He'll remind you of your legal rights if you live full. So he, 
So this is how the Holy Spirit interacts with us. He's an advocate. This is why you need to interact with the Holy Spirit, because he's your advocate. Jesus is, when you pray here, Jesus is praying for you there. He's the advocate in heaven, but the Holy Spirit is the advocate here. He speaks for you on behalf of Jesus. He tells, Jesus says, hey, let them know, remind them who they are. They're a little, Troy's a little insecure today. The Holy Spirit will come to me and say, hey, calm down, man. You don't have to prove yourself to nobody. Just relax. Take it easy. It's all going to be okay. I've got you covered. The, you know, he's a supplier of your needs. You don't have to worry. He's an advocate. So, so this is why you've got to fellowship with him. The, the second reason you have to fellow, fellowship with him is because he's a comforter. You ever have a day, you ever have a bad day? And say, man, I really could use a friend. And then you, and then you, you don't have no friends. <laughs> I mean, and I say that, I say that because, because you, you'll be in times of your life where you're like, you just, you're alone. You're just all by yourself because some stuff you can't share with her and some stuff you can't give to them and some stuff you just, and so you're, you're dealing with stuff. You ever have to deal with something alone and you ever, you ever in those moments think, I'm all alone out here. That's not, we're not the first ones to go through that. I mean, all the prophets did it. You know, I, I'm the only one left, Elijah said. And God said, no, you're not the only one left, but he comes to, he comes to him. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And, he, and it, once again, it's found in John 14, 26. But the comforter, the paraclete, another translation is the comforter. The comforter will come to you, the Holy Spirit. When the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. What's he going to do? He's going to comfort you. He's going to remind you that you're not alone, that God is for you, that you're going to make it, that you're going you're to get through this thing. Number three, he'll bring conviction. Thank God for that. I mean, listen, we got to, like he will bring conviction to your life. I don't know what I do with my thing. Oh, it's over here. He'll bring conviction to your life. The Holy Spirit will. And, and a lot of times we associate conviction with, like, correction. But that's not what it is. Conviction is, you're better than this. Conviction, conviction is like, I know who you are, and you're better than this. And so I'm not going to let you get away with being less than who I made you to be. That's conviction. And the Bible says in John 16, or uh, uh, John, yes, John 16, 78, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will what? Convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He's going to come, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and that, that Holy Spirit inside of you, you don't even have to say anything. That Holy Spirit inside of you will bring conviction to everyone around you because he's the spirit of conviction, the Holy Spirit. You need conviction because you need to know in life when you're low. You need to thank God the next time he brings conviction into your life. Like, God, I'm thankful. I thank you that you showed me where I'm, where I'm not fooled. He's going to show you where you're not fooled in life, and he's going to come, and he's going to bring conviction there. And number four, he, he brings truth. He reveals truth. The reason you need the fellowship with the Holy Spirit is because he just can't lie. You know people will lie to you. <laughs> and they'll lie to you and think they're helping you. You ever have somebody flatter you or tell you, don't, don't. Sometimes people say, 
But that was really, you know, like I'll preach a message or something. Like, that was good. Like, don't lie to me. That was terrible. You're just being nice. But the Holy Spirit knows how to be nice and truthful all at the same time. Because he can't lie. So you need the truth. You need to know when you miss the mark. You need to know when you're really doing well. You need to know the truth. And that's what, that's what the Bible says the Holy Spirit is. John 16, 13 to 15 says, however, when the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into what? More truth. When the spirit of truth comes, he doesn't guide you in lies. He's not going to take you in the direction of deception. He's going to guide you into truth. More truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but he will, whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you the things to come. The spirit of truth will get you ready for what you're getting ready to go through. He's going to tell you what's on the horizon. The Holy Spirit. This is why you need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because he'll, he'll tell you, hey, you need some more meat in this area because you're getting ready to go through something. I mean, this just happened to me about three weeks ago. I, th- I thought I was going somewhere to, to talk about this one thing or hear this one thing, and all of a sudden I'm there, and I'm getting this word and this revelation, and then I get back to where I'm coming from, and all of a sudden I get smacked in the face with this thing. But while I was there, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and preparing me for the truth that I was getting ready to in- encounter when I got back. And suddenly when, it, so when, I, when I got into the middle of it, it didn't affect me. I just looked at it and I saw that coming. I I didn't see it coming, but the Holy Spirit saw it coming. He led me to the truth before I got to the truth. So now when the situation comes to me, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get frustrated. I'm prepared because he leads me into truth. And he's not going to lead me into truth and then not lead me out of a circumstance. He's going to lead me out of a circumstance into more truth. So he's he's a revealer of truth. That's why you you need to fellowship with him. And truth always exposes lies. You know that 23, and I'm not this guy, so, you know. You know the Hebrew number 23? It means, uh, it means the revelation of wickedness. And 20 means to worship. Yeah. So, I'm running today, and I got this revelation that God's going to allow us, he's going to expose the wickedness while we worship through it in 23. But all of the wickedness, the Holy Spirit, and this is the Holy Spirit, does this. Holy Spirit, now saying, listen, I'm, gonna, I'm about to pull the curtains back on wickedness. All of the lies, all of the tricks, all of the, all of the deception. I'm getting ready to pull the curtain back in 23. I'm getting ready to shame the enemy on your behalf in 23. Because he's a revealer of truth. He cannot lie. He's going to tell you the truth. Uh, number five, he reveals wisdom. The reason you need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, because he's a, he's a revealer of wisdom. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to uh, 11 says, but God has revealed them to us through what? His spirit, for his spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God, the Holy Spirit searches. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. What Paul's saying is you're dumb. And you don't know nothing if it's not for the spirit. The spirit of God reveals wisdom. Reveals wisdom wisdom, the deep things of God. You want to, I mean, you want to, 
You want to take your business to the next level? Get close to the Holy Spirit. You want to take your marriage to the next level? Get get close to the Holy Spirit. Your ministry will never excel your commitment to the proximity of the Holy Spirit. Your anointing, your, your, your marriage, your business, your, your, the success in your life is never going to go beyond the proximity you have with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You get closer to the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you wisdom. And that wisdom, that wisdom is going to take you beyond everyone else in your category. It's going to set you apart. That wisdom. You want that wisdom? You want to be set apart? You want to be distinct? You want to, you want to have the favor of God on your life? You want a, a distinct mark of God on your life? Then you got to get closer to the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is going to give you wisdom that he's not going to give to the next guy that's working in the cubicle right next to you. He's going to give that wisdom to you because you fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He reveals power. Acts 1, 8. But you shall re- receive what? Power. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're going to receive power. You're, you're tired today because you're not spending enough time in his presence. <laughs> Everybody's tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Why are you tired? I don't know. I'm just exhausted. Get next to the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and he'll give you power. He'll give you power, like strength and power to overcome every obstacle in your life. He's like, he's, he's the ultimate cold plunge. Holy Spirit. Get, get close to the Holy Spirit. He, he reveals power in your life. Number seven, he gives security. The Holy Spirit. You need to get close to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he gives security. This is found in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. (laughs) You are sealed. You are sealed and like it's over. Like you belong to him. You are secure. You don't have to worry about nothing. Like, and the Holy Spirit, like you can say, he is the seal of the promise in my life to let me know I'm making it through the valley of death. And I'm going to get through this thing. Why? Because he, he, he got me. He, he's, he, he creates security in my life. I don't have to be insecure. I don't have to worry about whether or not the economy is going to fall apart tomorrow or whether I'm going to have a job or whether I'm going to this or I'm going to have no insurance. I'm gonna do that. I don't have to worry about none of that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit gives confidence to me and security to me because he sealed me with his presence. I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. He is, you are a purchased possession to God. Number eight, prayer warrior on earth. The Holy Spirit is, will make you, and he becomes a prayer warrior on earth inside of you. Romans 8, 26 to 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we don't know. We don't know what we should pray. For as we all, but the Spirit himself does what? It makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. It turns you into the mightiest prayer warrior the world has ever known. This, the Spirit of God within you, if you'll just get close to the Holy Spirit, he'll, like, he'll get inside of you and, and he'll pray. Jesus prayed this prayer when he's getting ready to 
He's getting ready to call Lazarus out of the grave. Just before he gets ready to do it, he looks up and he said this. He said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. Remember when he said that? And then he called Lazarus out of the, the tomb. Now, if you, if you want to make your prayers effective, you get close to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will start praying in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit will pray. You want to get free from something? Ask Jesus to pray it for you. Because no rabbi could bring Lazarus out of the grave. But, the, but Jesus stood in front of the grave and said, I thank you, God, that every time I pray, you hear me. So if you want to get the attention of God, you got to start praying the way God, Jesus prayed. He prayed in the Spirit. The, the, the third person of the Trinity is no less God. And if you would just tap into that, you would, be, you would walk up to the graves of things and start praying. Say, Jesus, I thank you, God, that my spirit is groaning now in ways that I have no understanding about. But I know that as my spirit prays, you always listen to the Spirit. You always listen to Jesus. You always listen to the Holy Spirit. There's not a time when you don't answer this prayer so you can pray in the Spirit. Spirit, you become the most mighty prayer warrior the world will ever know. Pray. This is why Paul prayed in the Spirit. And then, uh, man, I got so much more here. No, I got three more. Resurrector. The Holy Spirit is a resurrector. Romans 8, 10 to 11. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Right? But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you... He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. He's a resurrector. Why do you need to get close to the Holy Spirit? Because he's a resurrector. He resurrects dead marriages. He resurrects dead children. He resurrects dead relationships. He resurrects dead promises. He will resurrect things if you get close to him because he's a resurrector, the spirit of God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. If you get close to that spirit, then suddenly there's a spirit that's contagious on you that starts making dead stuff come to life all around you. He's a resurrector. The spirit of God is a resurrector. Number 10, he's a sanctifier. Holy Spirit is a sanctifier. Galatians 5, 16 to 17. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. The Holy Spirit will get on the inside of you and pull you away in the direction. It'll pull you away from the things that you don't, that you do want to do, but don't want to do. It'll pull you away from that stuff, and it'll take you in the direction of righteousness. Because he's a sanctifier. He's a separator. Get close to the Holy Spirit, suddenly you don't want to smoke cigarettes. Get close to the Holy Spirit, suddenly you don't want to click on links. I've never seen somebody get up from the presence of God and then just like go sit down and get right back in the sin. Never. It doesn't happen like that. The Spirit of God is a sanctifier. more time you spend with him, more time you want to spend with him. But conversely, it's the same way. Less time you spend with him, less time you want to spend with him. He's a sanctifier, close to him, 
He'll sanctify you. And then lastly, he's light. 1 Corinthians 2.10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, the deep things. He lights up the deep things. He reveals them. That means he illuminates them. This stuff, like this, this darkness. This is why the virgins had the lamps. Because there was darkness. And they needed the light to reveal the path that led to the arrival in the place of Jesus coming. You need the light. If you want the light, if you want more illumination. We, we love revelation in the church. God spoke this to me. I was praying the other day. And this is why I'm like basically teaching. I, you know, I wrote in that thing one time. Uh, but, but it makes me teach, so I put it there. So if I have this little thing in my hand, It'll, it'll make me, because this is what God said to me. He said, uh, he said, you know, and he said a denomination. I won't share the denomination, he said. He said, they do a really good job of indoctrinating. Their doctrine, they teach doctrine. He said, but, uh, but my non-denominational bride, he said, Troy, you, you, you do a really good job of revelation. You, you, you preach revelation but you need more doctrine. We love revelation. We love, love the illumination. It's like, wow, I never saw that. And, and the Holy Spirit will give that to you every time you open your Bible. You know, he'll do that. He'll just like, wow, I never saw that. But we need teaching. Like, we need the Holy Spirit. Like, and tonight, here's the thing. Are you full? Are you ready? Are you empty? Let's stand to our feet as we close and ask that question. Are you empty? It's, uh, it's nighttime. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny how the night. For <laughs> when did we make the night start at four? That's all I'm saying. Can we, I'm like, Jesus, can we, can, we, can we have more light in the winter here? But it's nighttime now. And uh, the question is, do you have the oil that you need to make it all the way through the night? Are you full? all the way to the top? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? You got to stop at a gas station as many times as you need to to fill up. And, you know, in, in 2023, I want to encourage you to stay full. If you'll stay full, the darkness can't stand a chance against you. The addiction, the temptation. I promise you, if you'll stay full, if you'll just make a commitment to say, Holy Spirit, fill me up today. Words speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to this word. Make this word come alive to me today. 
If you leave your fellowship open between you and the Holy Spirit, I can't tell you this enough, that, that prayer is not a time limit. There's no time limit. What you call prayer, I reference as like this special moment in, in, a, in a closet with God. But listen, you do not need 15 minutes of prayer. What you need is unlimited, unceasing prayer with the Holy Spirit. And you can have it. You can have it. You, as a matter of fact, you can have it. You can't live without it, church. For far too long, we've lived with these short prayers and these limited amounts of, of, of poured out presence of God in our life, walking around with lamps half full of oil or empty, thinking, deceiving ourselves into believing that we got tomorrow. I'm tired to tell you that a man playing professional football fell dead in his 20s out on a football field from really nothing. And tomorrow's promise to no man. And I'm telling you, you have to live full of the Spirit. Because we don't know when the time's up. But we do know. If it gets darker and darker and darker, let us gather more and more and more in His presence. Let us not forsake the gathering together. Because where, where we gather together in His name, the fellowship there creates and closes the distance that suddenly the Film, the room becomes full and the, the realm becomes full of his spirit and we're, we're encouraged, we're strengthened, we're full of power in those moments. So live full. Fill up at every, every chance you can. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here tonight and you're on E, I pray right now the filling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Come on, you just need to fill up. Just open your hands up to heaven tonight if you just need to fill up. God, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me again and again and again and again. Fill me. I need filled again. If you're here tonight and you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, if you've never taken the opportunity to receive Christ into your life, tomorrow's guaranteed to no man. If you're in this room, you're watching online. If Christ is not yours and yours, you're not his, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me my sins. I repent. I ask you to come into my heart because that's where the issues of life flow out of. And I ask you to make me brand new. Take my life now. Make a difference in this world. Make such a difference all for your glory that I leave a scar on the earth could that's able to be seen from galaxies away. Make my life significant. I give it to you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Altar, altars are open. We'll have some altar ministers come to the front. If you need prayer tonight, we want to pray for you. If you're here tonight and you need some direction in your life or just feeling like you need a word from God, we want to pray for you. Gave your heart to Christ tonight. Don't forget to come this way before you go that way. We love you. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. We'll see you Sunday. God bless you. God bless you.